I'm Kate Katz, owner and founder of All Hands In, a soft skills development company, and welcome to The Practiced Art of Kicking Ass. Well, hey, hey, kickassers, and happy new year. Welcome to another episode of the Practice Art of Kicking Ass. This is our first episode in 2024. We are finding our way through. <laughs> One of the things that I'm going to talk about on a future episode is the soft skill of endurance. And I think that it's really important because that's in particular with this past year, that's the soft skill that I'm recognizing has had the largest impact on me and recognizing that I have a choice and I have agency and how I endure has really shaped the last year. That said, the year still, you know, I think that there was a lot of mental security focused on January being like this season of abundance. And I think that a lot of us, especially in the entertainment industry, were, were you know, kind of rolling toward the end of last year after a really, really difficult year of, of struggle and stress and strain. And we were kind of rolling into 2024 with the expectation that January was just going to like take off like a rocket. And what I'm noticing for me right now is that the entertainment industry is still kind of going through some transition. And there are a variety of reasons that I'm hearing that are related to that. And it's been challenging to kind of get, you know, I'm like three quarters of the way through January as I'm doing this recording right now. And for things to still feel slow and for things to still feel stagnant and... To not just look around and see that, you know, all of my friends have work, right? Which on one level would at least feel validating. You know, January, there's a lot to be grateful for during this period. But on the surface, if you don't dig deep, January, I think for many of us, is is feeling a little challenging and, and a little surprising. And, you know... <laughs> Again, like I do my themes for all hands in a year in advance. So our theme currently right now is wonder. And I, you know, put that on the calendar a, a, a year ago, really. So when it came up, particularly during this time, again, it was one of these things of like the soft skill intervening in the choices that I would have been making without a soft skill practice. And this is also something that I want to really be candid about, particularly in the moment that I'm in, because I am going to speak about wonder today. It is the soft skill of the month, and I actively have to acknowledge while I'm speaking about this soft skill that I'm walking this walk. And it's because it is the soft skill theme this month. If that had not been the case, I do not know how I'd be showing up in this moment, right? So I want to be very candid about that. That said, having a practice of wonder these last couple of weeks has really shifted and impacted how I'm showing up for myself, how I'm holding space for others, what I'm considering nurturing and self-care right now. I'm really grateful. I'm really grateful that wonder has been the theme this month at All Hands In. 
And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that on today's episode. But in particular, you know, before we get started, I I just, when you're listening to this episode, I, I kind of want you to ask yourself, what comes up for you when you think about wonder? As adults, I don't think that it's something that we're really given a lot of permission to access. I think I noticed from my own wonder practice, there was... Uh, you know, almost like an introductory period where I had to give myself permission. (laughs) Because I think in our culture, wonder is something that we often feel like we don't have time for, or it can feel silly or frivolous or unnecessary. And when we start to make wonder more of a practice, there are so many beautiful things that come up and there are so many shifts that occur, but it really is not our natural default as adults. And I'm going to talk a little bit about reasons why that is. I'm going to talk about why wonder shifts things the way that it does for us. I'm going to talk about a lot of stuff today. But really, as you're listening to this episode, what I want you to be asking yourself is what comes up for you when you think about wonder? Notice your relationship to wonder. Has it been a minute before, you know, has it been a minute since the last time you've sat in wonder? Can you remember the last time you sat in wonder? And what did that moment look like? So think about these themes, hold these, hold these questions in your head today as we get into today's episode of Wonder. And let's dive in. So first of all, I spoke about this a little bit in the beginning, the very beginning of the episode. I'm still very much in survival mode. Things continue to not really materialize the way that they had two years ago, right? And so I'm still in this day-to-day survival mode. And I'm aware that I'm functioning with scarcity all around me. And I'm really having to be very diligent and intentional about not letting that bleed over into like a full-blown scarcity mindset over every corner of my life. And it is an active practice. It is an active, active practice right now. And there are days when that is agonizing and frustrating And I have to come up against feelings of uselessness, feelings of utility. Definitely, I have to process some shame through these moments. It's tough, right? It's tough right now. So I mention this only because as I talk about wonder today, I am acknowledging to you as my listener that I'm actively walking this walk. I'm being very intentional about wonder as I do this episode because it is not my default currently. If I did not have a soft skills practice, (laughs) if I didn't understand the power of, which I didn't used to, right? I mean, it wasn't like I had a daily relationship with wonder that that I was conscious of or, or that I put intention behind. I didn't used to walk through the world this way. So particularly right now, understanding the power of wonder, I'm sharing this with you so that you know that I am being very intentional about wonder. And it is actually really helping me in small and subtle ways that are also shifting into much larger ways that I would have overlooked prior to really understanding the impact of this soft skill. So as I mentioned earlier, like, you know, with the scarcity around me, 
This means that my personal stress levels are very high and elevated. And knowing what I know about stress, and um, there are earlier episodes of The Practiced Art of Kicking Ass where we talk a little bit about chronic stress and some of the things that you can do to mitigate that. Having that information, recognizing, okay, I'm in a period of high stress, so what are the things that I can do to help me through that, i.e. practicing adaptability, staying flexible, practicing creative thinking, being more mindful, all the things, going for walks, moving through my anxiety that are also helpful for lowering my stress levels. And during this practice, I am able to move myself away from burnout. I am able to keep a balance of self-care, but it's not like you know, it's, it's not like the spa day self-care. It's like the make sure you're hydrated, go for the walk, self-care, journal, the journal self-care, right? And these are the things that are helping to contribute to just keeping my, <laughs> at times, overwhelming stress levels just manageable, right? And wonder has been a part of this journey as well. But what I've noticed, particularly when it came up as a theme this month at All Hands In, what I noticed was that wonder is one of the practices I have that I have to really walk through a lot of obstacles to get through. And there are a lot of constructed obstacles. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But it's really shifted how I approach wonder, how I think about wonder, how why I think there is s such a challenge in accessing wonder. And again, like these, these are all kinds of the natural outputs that wonder should have in a variety of areas and topics. And it just reinforces the, there's like a miraculous level to wonder when you start putting it in your life. I think one of the reasons why wonder has been such a challenge to form a relationship with as an adult in our culture is because when we're in scarcity, as I am right now, there's like this grind of looking for and trying to create opportunities. And this can feel like an endless loop of stress and anxiety and fear. And when I'm in that space, which is a real space and I have been in it, there's not really a lot of room for slowing down. There's not really a lot of room for wonder. And in fact, I noticed that prior to making wonder an intentional practice, I was telling myself that slowing down and having these moments was silly or frivolous. Now, when I'm talking about these moments of wonder, I mean, I'm, I'm going to talk about examples of how you can practice wonder or what wonder looks like. But in this instance that I'm specifically talking about, these are not extraordinary moments. These are the simple moments. So for me, it's noticing a hummingbird and just staying in that moment and being in awe of a hummingbird. And I was really kind of surprised to notice that when I am in deep scarcity, when my chronic stress is high, I feel like I cannot allow myself this. And this is an important thing to pay attention to because it's coming from it's coming from what we were absorbing in our culture. This grind of when we're in scarcity, this like d like doubling down and punishing ourselves and I have to do more, I have to be more all the time and not allowing ourselves to break and to take a break and to slow down, there's no room to cultivate wonder in that space. And this becomes really problematic because there's this juxtaposition here with burnout. And when we're not allowing this space, we're just perpetuating the cycle 
of chronic stress and burnout. And that's what's limiting, you know, like that's what's contributing to our really poor physical and mental health rates in this country. So am I saying that if we experience more wonder, we would be a healthy, more well-balanced country? I don't know if that's a direct correlation, but I definitely think it would be a contributing factor to helping us lead healthier, more fulfilling lives. And when particular when we are in periods of scarcity and when we are dealing with chronic stress, as many of us do in our culture, we don't know how to break out of that cycle. We don't know how to get out of that loop. We don't often know how to get out of our own way. And this is where developing a wonder practice can really shift how our entire lives look and how we show up to that new perspective. So given the culture that we're in, it was really counterintuitive for me to connect with wonder in the beginning of having a practice. It was super counterintuitive to slow down, even for just a minute, and just observe the world around me without judgment, without an agenda, just with awe. I also noticed that when I was practicing wonder, when I began to make it an intentional practice, I felt more relaxed. I even felt slightly refueled on the days when I was in chronic burnout, and I was more appreciative of the world around me, even if I had just spent two minutes in wonder. And this is why wonder matters, particularly right now. We're dealing with a culture that has experienced a collective trauma not long ago, right? COVID radically shifted how we show up in our day-to-day now. And for many of us, the lessons that we have learned during this time is that we really are interconnected. We really are our best selves when we are collaborating and working together. Because when we had this disconnect in COVID, the world literally shut down. So we are learning about the importance of connection and belonging firsthand in this generation at this time. And since COVID, we have been poorly dealing with the aftermath and poorly dealing with the trauma that was felt as a collective. Many of us have not stopped to slow down. The world has not stopped to slow down. We have not navigated this coming out kinder and gentler and softer. And it's contributing to all of us feeling a pressure to keep moving, keep hustling, keep pushing. And we haven't taken a step back to even just breathe in the aftermath of a global pandemic. So our attention span for wonder is incredibly short right now. And we are not thinking about this from a holistic standpoint. We are not approaching the soft skill with the power that it has. But when we start to make wonder more of a practice, the shifts that we notice are beneficial on a body-mind-soul level. To me, when I'm in wonder, wonder feels warm. It feels kind. There's a stillness to wonder, and it's calm. And I got to be honest, that's the complete opposite from how I'm navigating 85 to 95% of my day. (laughs) So putting these moments of wonder in has been a radical game changer for my mental discipline and my physical psyche. Whether we're parents who want to have better relationships with our children or we're individuals who are just looking to have better relationships with ourselves, wonder is definitely a part of that journey. And learning how to practice wonder and hold space for wonder becomes essential, which is also what we're going to be talking about as we get into the later part of this episode. For me, when I think about wonder, it is an invitation 
I think of wonder as a moment that is inviting me to explore. It's inviting me to marvel in this moment. It's inviting me to notice the, the miraculous in the mundane around me. So this can look like, for me personally, watching a hummingbird, particularly when a hummingbird is hovering and its body is still <laughs> and it's getting nectar out of the flowers in the backyard and their wings are lightning fast and being in awe of how this animal, how this bird balances those two opposing physicalities. I have sat in wonder just watching a hummingbird and I have gotten all of the feel-good emotions that come with it. But I have had to allow myself that moment. I've had to give myself permission to just slow down and take it in. So as I'm talking about wonder today, the other thing that I, I hope I'm impressing upon you is that it doesn't have to be this massive accomplishment for it to be wonder. Often wonder is in the small. Often wonder is in the overlooked. But again, like the way that our culture kind of looks at wonder... I'm going to get into this a little bit later too, is that we have such a productivity culture that when we see someone engaged in wonder, the tendency is to shut it down, to dismiss it, to downplay it, to even tease it. Daydreaming is seen as a waste of time in our culture. And this has larger ramifications for how we approach it or we, how we don't approach it and how that's negatively impacting our life. So why does wonder even matter when our culture is so demanding of more and more of our time and our energy? Why, you know, why do we even need to think about wonder when our culture is telling us to go, go, go and do, do, do? Why should we stop to experience wonder when we're burned out, when we're depleted, when we're close, close to apathy? Why should we even give wonder our time and attention? When I think about why wonder matters, particularly right now, when we're so burned out, when we're so depleted, when we're so close to apathy, it's because for me, I'm noticing that wonder is actually the antidote to the callousness and the coldness that we come across commonly, like on a daily basis. And that this callousness and coldness, this is what's draining us of our hope. This is what's disrupting our connection with one another. This is what's getting in the way of living wholeheartedly. The callousness and the coldness of our culture can only be softened and warmed when we are allowing for soft skills like wonder. If we want to create a better world for ourselves, if we want to create a better world for our kids and for each other, we have to get to know wonder. It's a transformative soft skill. It is a soft skill that opens us to awe to excitement, and to mostly curiosity. When we're in wonder, we are engaged in the present moment. Time tends to slow down, right? We tend to, our, our focus tends to get really narrow. I would argue that this even can count as a, a moment of mindfulness and all the benefits that come from mindfulness. When I'm engaged in an act of wonder, I feel more connected to the world around me and when I'm sharing an act of wonder with another person, I feel more deeply connected to them. And I feel a sense of belonging that's getting strengthened and fostered in those moments. A moment of when I think about wonder that was shared with others, a big one for me that comes up is a night when I was camping with friends of mine a few years ago and there was a meteor shower. And everybody just gradually came to kind of a stopping place 
and began looking up in the sky. And as more of us started watching the stars and, and watching the shooting stars and, and responding to the shooting stars, there just felt this deeper connection within our collective. And it was a really beautiful moment. And it was a moment that really fostered a lot of connection for the individuals that I was camping with. So wonder's no small thing for me when I think about the moments that I'm in, when I'm having it. They're really profound moments. And they radically shift a lot. Another moment of, of shared wonder that I remember is going whale watching with my girlfriend and watching her get so excited. And I, you know, it just, it would just ricochet off of her and onto me. And you could feel it with the other people on the boat. Anytime that a whale crested, anytime we saw a pod, it just left us in awe of the world around us. And it was a really beautiful and deeping, deepening our connection moment as a couple. And I loved having that moment with her. I loved seeing her in that moment. I also remember one of my favorite shared moments of wonder that was shared was my sister. <laughs> my sister and I, this was years ago, we were house-sitting. She was house-sitting. I was, I was staying at the house she was house-sitting at um, for a night. And these were friends of the family. And they have a beautiful house on this lake. And they had, at the time, they had um, their dog and their cat that, that my sister was house-sitting for. And there was this thunderstorm that rolled in over the lake. And we were sitting in these bay, bay windows, uh, floor-to-ceiling bay windows that overlooked the lake. And the thunder and lightning rolled in. And the four of us, me, my sister, the dog, and the cat all sat together it was a magic it was magical like it's it is it is everything that wonder is that moment was and still to this day my sister and I talk about it and we talk about how special it was just watching the thunder and lightning and all four of us just so still my sister and I had to get sunglasses it was so bright and the animals weren't scared like it was just a really magical still and peaceful moment and, you know, this is the thing, like, the more we practice wonder, the more we allow space for wonder. What shows up is nothing short of magic, I, I have to say it. I know that doesn't sound scientific or research or, you know, any of the academic things, but the truth of the matter is it just feels magical. And we can all use more of that in our lives, particularly right now, particularly right now. So what gets in the way of wonder? And this is kind of where we get back to the adulting aspect of the podcast episode. When I started understanding what got in the way of wonder, I also had to look at my own behavior at that time and recognize I was guilty of all of this. And these are things that are pretty predominant in our culture. So what gets in the way of wonder? cynicism a big one is a lack of curiosity and then the other big big one is fear of vulnerability and I had to recognize that for most of my life that was how I went through the world and this was also simultaneously paired with a time when wonder was so low for me I kept people at an arm's length I didn't really engage in community building I sure shit didn't live wholeheartedly during that period. But it was also something that felt really common and also highly acceptable in the cultures that I was moving through at the time. It's also completely understandable that it would be so common, right? Like when I think about how we've navigated tough shit as a society, what we're coming up against, and um, 
you know, the fact that we're facing some pretty big existential crises within our lifetime, it's really no surprise that we're low on wonder, right? We've been sharing these collective traumas for several generations. And when these traumas have been passed down, they were not passed down from from ancestors that had the capacity to understand or even heal the trauma that they inherited, right? So like for us with COVID, we no one, I mean, no one prior to our generation had dealt with a global pandemic. We didn't have the capacity to show up better than we did. And so that's also something that I think about when I get mad or frustrated about why the world is so cold and, and why it's so hard for us to access wonder. It's because we really weren't even thinking about soft skills or the importance of healing from trauma or the impact of human connectedness. It just wasn't really something that we were spending time on as a culture. So why we're low on wonder is because all too often we are navigating spaces that have more shame or blame or an unwillingness to be vulnerable or hold space for others' vulnerability, right? More, more than often, those are the spaces that we have to navigate. They are not the spaces of connection and belonging, of warmth and welcoming. We're all kind of protecting ourselves and keeping each other at arm's length, which is understandable, but that's also causing a lot of pain and hurt and disconnection. It's perpetuating all of that, and we're not getting any closer to learning how to endure difficult times with a sense of connection and wonder and awe and joy and the better parts of our humanity, right? Which I think at the end of the day is kind of... The 21st century question we need to be asking ourselves, right? How are we going to endure? How are we going to endure the next existential moment? How are we going to endure the next global crisis? Because we're going to be having to ask these questions more and more. The, if we're not going to ask them, the answers are going to be presented for us. And we sure shit don't want to be in that position. So wonder really requires of us vulnerability. When we feel safe to step into wonder, we're able to hold space for those moments longer. We're able to hold space for one another who are sitting in those moments without judgment or ridicule. But we can't get to wonder if we're being teased or bullied or abused when we experience it. We have a lot of toxic culture that has a very narrow view of wonder. When we think about wonder from our collective, often what's cited is man going into space or wilderness exploration, right? It's these big superhuman moments that inspire wonder and awe. These are kind of the, like the supported forms of wonder. But it's often the small moments of wonder that sustain us as individuals and create more magic in our day-to-day -day lives and help us feel more connected to one another. Wonder is more accessible than we realize, but I think our limited definition has also done a lot to keep wonder at arm's length from us. For example, how likely are you to engage in a moment of wonder if you work in finance and the firm you're working for is known to have a toxic culture. How likely are you to engage in a moment of wonder when you're around your toxic colleagues who don't make you feel safe and make you feel like vulnerability is a, a really consequential risk? Then wonder suffers. And especially in this scenario, so does innovation. 
So does creativity. And so does growth and development. We have so many locker room cultures that are keeping us limited and keeping us from growing and expanding beyond where we are today. And a lot of that has to do with this fear of cultivating wonder. And I think it's okay to challenge that. I think it's okay to question that and push back on that. So how can we foster wonder? How can we foster wonder when our culture is giving us opposing messages about wonder, when we ourselves don't feel like we have enough time to step into wonder, when wonder feels silly or frivolous? How can we begin to foster a practice of wonder and get the benefits from it as well. For me, this started with actually having an intention around creating wonder and being present in my wonder moments. I had to become very intentional about this. I also noticed that I was fostering wonder when I allowed others to feel safe in my presence and be in moments of wonder without judgment, fear, or ridicule. So I was creating like a wonder safe space around me where I was just holding space for others, like the camping trip example, where I wasn't meeting that moment with judgment or ridicule. I was just sitting in a moment with kindness and normalizing others around me who were also in that moment of kindness and awe and magic as well. I also have to say, like, with the things that I've been talking about with our culture when it comes to wonder, I now see wonder as this really subversive act. There have been studies that have been done around curiosity. And I think, you know, when I think about seeding wonder, it has to start with curiosity. Wonder and curiosity are inextricably linked, right? And the studies that have been done around dictatorships, democracies governments that are oppressive to its people, governments that are progressive for its people. Curiosity is one of those metric lines. You know, like the more free a society is, the more democratic a society is, the higher level of curiosity is tolerated and cultivated within the culture, right? Those are one of the studies, those are some of the social studies that have been done on curiosity. And so the link there is that when you have a more curious population, you have a population that's more comfortable with also sitting in wonder versus a culture where the powers want to keep a status quo. They don't want people questioning. And the cultures tend to look like keeping people in a constant go mode, keeping people hustling, keeping people feeling like they have to earn, they have to consume for their livelihood. And for those of us that have been living in the more oppressive cultures, where curiosity can feel threatening and we don't have time and we feel like we don't have time for wonder, for some of us, we're starting to realize that these systems are coming at a massive cost to our own health. This is coming at a cost to our own peace of mind. And ultimately, it's costing us our humanity. Being able to have curiosity, which is the seed to wonder, starts the chain of questioning these systems. It starts the process of throwing off apathy running the show, just seeding that environment with curiosity and allowing that to lead to wonder sparks radical change. So I see wonder. (laughs) I even see wonder as a subversive act. Studies have been done that overwhelmingly notice that we are born curious creatures. Curiosity is something that is innately part of our human experience. We are not alone in having curiosity right? But it is something that is innate to how we come into the world. 
We're born curious. But as time goes on, particularly in our culture, as time goes on and we experience things like shame and blame and judgment and trauma from within our institutions, such as early education, well into adulthood, maybe through corporations or the careers, or even for many of us, this can include within our family units, right? These, these cultures that perpetuate shame and blame and trauma that often dissuades us from coming from becoming curious. And we see curiosity start to go down as we move into adulthood. We're more likely to dodge negative criticism when we're conforming, when we're blending in, when we're not asking questions, when we're not drawing attention to ourselves. So avoiding curiosity for many of us also becomes a survival tactic. But it costs us. It costs us dearly. The downside is, is that it's actually when we're not giving ourselves those moments of curiosity and stepping into wonder as a result, we are perpetuating the culture of hustling, the culture of burnout, the culture that's costing us our health, our mental well-being, our peace of mind. So how can we practice wonder? What are some of the things that we can do to make wonder more accessible for us, put wonder in our lives more on a daily basis? For me, this was it being intentional about slowing down and becoming present. I started with a time, like I literally had to put a timer on my phone for this. I had to start with 30 seconds, which felt like an eternity in the beginning, just to put down my phone, not have distractions, and observe what I was seeing around me, right? And then I gradually moved up to like five minutes. And, you know, now depending on the day, I can be at like 20 minutes. And some days I have to go back to 30 seconds. <laughs> but just slowing down. And observing what was around me was the first thing that I was able to tangibly do to start making wonder more accessible. I also found that it was helpful to focus on the small rather than the large. One of the things that I still do to this day when I notice that I have not been in wonder is that I will find a plant that needs to be watered, which is usually not that far from me. <laughs> Sadly, I hate to admit it. I have shame around that, but it's true. I'll find one of the plants that needs to be watered and I'll water the plant. And I will stop and I will watch the water get absorbed in the soil. I will watch the leaves become hydrated. I will watch the transformation of this wilted plant to one that is much more lush. And through that process, I am engaged in wonder the entire time. It's, it's like the magical, wonderful experience for me. So focusing on the small rather than the large is another way that I am able to put wonder into my life on a more daily accessible level. The third thing that I think about when I'm when I'm trying to really activate wonder in my life is I play. And I know for many of us, like this is an episode of vulnerability in and of itself, right? So when I mention play, you're like, come on, are you serious? Like, isn't there something else that we could do? The slowing down, the focusing on small things, absolutely. But for those of us who want to add another layer to our vulnerability practice and experience wonder more, play. Play accomplishes this. Now, play can be putting a puzzle together. It can be having an at-home science experiment. It can be doing improv. It can be doing art. All right, I have a wide view of what play can look like. But the studies around play have also found that when participants are engaged in play, it tends to spark curiosity. It tends to produce greater moments of wonder. So I don't think that it's something that should be dismissed. And I think that when, if we are 
a naturally playful personality. I also think that it's important to recognize that that's kind of a superpower, particularly when it comes to connecting with wonder. For me, you know, wonder is about this open and expansive feeling, which can feel really contradictory when we are in burnout, when we are in chronic stress, when we're trying to just survive and get through the day-to-day. Wonder is a slow and expansive soft skill, and it allows us to really kind of slow down and pay attention to what is going on in our body. I notice for me when I am in wonder more, I tend to immediately have gratitude for those moments. I might have gratitude for the, the, when I say gratitude in those moments, that could be God, that could be the universe, that could be science. But when we are in wonder and we are practicing gratitude, we tend to stay in wonder longer. And that even can kick off like the positive emotion loop that I mentioned this back when we were talking about chronic stress, moving into the parasympathetic uh, nervous system functioning. The positive emotion loop, which is like the serotonin, dopamine, the feel-good chemicals, wonder is one of the ways we can kick off that link and really shift how our brain chemistry is functioning. So with today's episode, which is the theme for this month at All Hands In, I feel like it was really important to just come on here and connect with y'all because at the end of the day, look, we are navigating a future of uncertainty and it's going to require us to stay curious and collaborate and be adaptable because that's how we're going to get through this with our humanity intact. That's why we're trying to survive all of these things. Having a soft skill practice that includes wonder is one of the ways that we can really kind of galvanize our humanity, retain our hope and kindness and connection, and continue to human better. This is why wonder matters. Wonder is a linchpin to better humaning. It allows us to create more peace, and it can even produce systemic change. And I really feel like living in a kinder world where we all feel seen and heard and valued. (sighs) I gotta be honest, kick-assers, that matters to me these days. (laughs) A lot. So, hopefully today's episode of Wonder was helpful. And if you're curious about bringing more wonder into your life, connect with me through the links in in the um, profile of this podcast. And if you're curious about soft skills, soft skill work in general, if you want to talk to me about the work that I do with All Hands In, uh, I would absolutely love to connect. So check out the links in our show notes. And um, yeah, (sighs) let's move into 2024 with a little more wonder kickassers. I think we could all use it. And I think we all deserve it. So here's to having a wonderful 2024, Kickassers. You got this. You've been listening to The Practice Art of Kicking Ass. I'm your host, Kate Katz. Our theme music is Let Me Groove by Music Unlimited. And if you're curious to learn more about the soft skill training and education I do with my company, All Hands In, check out our website at allhandsinworkshops.com or... Connect with our online communities on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Just look for All Hands In. Remember, kickassers, kicking ass is a practice, not a perfect. You got this, kickassers. assers